Hello, I'm horror cartoonist Dennis St. John. I draw monsters and write twisted tales. As you can imagine, I was a little obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Lucky for me, so were most of my high school friends, all except one. One friend who stubbornly refused to join the Scoobies. So here we are, 20-some-odd years later. I'm teaming up with Doc Travis, John Teach Landis, and maybe a special guest or two. And we're going to make our friend, Michael Poli, watch one episode of Buffy Week until he's no longer the Buffy Virgin. Welcome to Buffy Virgin, a spoiler-free Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. Uh, we're going to be reminiscing about Season 2 with Season 5, Episode 14, Crush. I'm your host, monster expert, Dennis St. John. Uh, why don't you guys introduce yourself from least to most tired right now? I am John Landis, and I am the least tired because it is 5.14 in the afternoon where I am. It's a perfect time to be totally awake. I'm Travis. I'm, I'm kind of I'm beat right now, but uh, it's, it's pretty early where we are. My name is Michael. I'm the Virgin, and I'm the most tired. Uh, I've only seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer up to season five, episode fourteen, Crush. Excellent. But before we get into episode fourteen, let's do reactions to season five, episode nine, listening to fear. Audience reactions. Uh, so uh, at Dingo Action, Rich says. Uh, this is excellent, but releasing a new episode the same day as the Buffering Cast interview with Charisma Carpenter is like when Sisters came out the same day as Force Awakens. <laughs> I listened to that interview. It was good. Uh, I haven't gotten to it. I'm still halfway through the Seth Green interview. Oh, that one's really good. Um, and then uh, over on YouTube, uh, and I'm really sorry, I probably pronounce your name wrong often, but uh, Kaipa Nagoi says, um, Dennis, you made me cry. Uh, thank you for sharing with us. Uh, the scene where Buffy cries while washing the dishes with obnoxiously loud and silly music always gets to me. Uh, it's a beautiful emotional scene and SMG kills it. And of course, the final scene between Joyce and Buffy, when Joyce realizes the burden that her daughter has to carry, not only being the Slayer. Uh, so thank you. Um, that's what I'm here for, to make people cry. Uh, Let's see if we can uh, get some emotions while we listen to the summary for this week's episode. The Summary This is the episode where Spike's love life becomes legendary, where all his loves gather in one place, the secret basement beneath the basement. Before the calamity, Harmony role-plays as Buffy for Spike's sexual pleasure while Drusilla tastes everyone on the train from L.A., Ready to take things to the next level, Spike and Buffy go on a stakeout and scare away a few harmless vamps, while Spike reveals the thing that Buffy has only begun to fear, that this might be a date. And Spike wants to date Buffy. Rejected, Spike and Drew spontaneously reconnect. Is Spike back? He's certainly not getting back with Harmony, who he tosses out of the way. Buffy gets cattle prodded, and so does Drew. And now every woman that Spike has been with lately is tied up in his basement. And we are presented with the classic prisoner dilemma. Give me what I want, which is your love, or die. If Buffy tells Spike he loves her, he'll kill Drew. If she says nothing, Spike will let Drew kill her. This can only end one way, with everyone's plans failing. Harmony leaves for LA, Drew is heartbroken, Buffy escapes, and Spike gets the door slammed in his face. All right, uh, let's do some great lines. Great lines. All right. So I, I, I really enjoyed uh, where uh, there's a little back and forth between Buffy and Spike. Buffy says, what, that chip in your head? That's not change. It's just holding you back. You're like a serial killer in prison. And Spike says, women marry them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I love the line from uh, Xander in the bronze. Uh so, who's up for some more liquid refreshments? I'm buying, for I am Payday Man. <laughs> Which really does point out, he is the only one among them who has a fucking job. That's true. <laughs> no, no, Anya, has a, Anya works at the Magic Show. Oh, that's, okay. true. that's true. I mean, they're yeah. the responsible couple yeah. with jobs. That's wow, all they I'm are saying. the responsible couple. How crazy is that? Buffy <laughs> um, deserves a stipend. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. does deserve a stipend. Yeah, totally. 
Do you think Especially Giles gives her Giles, like a kickback? Yeah. Especially now that Giles is back on the pay, like patron, patron oh, yeah. or whatever. Th- th- yeah. Giles isn't like, I got watcher cash. <laughs> yeah. She showed it like she had an opportunity right then and there to be like, I am putting my life in the line. You guys should pay me a stipend. Uh, and she forgot. That would be that's like taking them hostage. That list of demands would be too much. I feel like getting Giles payback is well is already too much. Uh, there are two uh, lines that I liked. One was Xander saying to Spike, hey, Evil Dead, you're in my seat. Which is like yes. a really great, era-appropriate Evil Dead joke. Because at that time, there were just two Evil Deads and no TV show. So, um, and I then, think there were three. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, Army of Darkness was out by then. Oh, okay, yeah. well, I guess that's Army of Darkness, not Evil Dead. But anyway, Yeah, totally solid. And then Buffy says... To her mom, as long as Spike is still chips ahoy in the head, he can't hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> Those are we, good ones. I mean, did we have chip jokes with Adam, or who do we have chip? I thought we had more chip jokes. Yeah, there's like a, there's like chips all around then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's chips all around then. <laughs> uh, for uh, the listeners in the UK, those pack. are crisp jokes. <laughs> Although chips ahoy is a cookie. You know, that's a, we should, yeah. <laughs> hey, in the U.S. chips, yeah, the chips are always actually a cookie. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed Drusilla's crazy little monologue, anti-science monologue. Um, <laughs> I don't believe in science. All those bits and molecules no one's ever seen. I trust eyes and heart alone. And do you know what mine is singing out right now? You're a killer, born to slash and bash and ah, bleed like beautiful poetry. No little tinker toy could ever stop you from flowing. And then later she's like, little bits of plastic spider webbing out nasty blue shocks and everyone is a lie. That's, uh, that's excellent. That shit is crazy. Uh, yeah. You think she would have been like a flat earther? Do you think like Drusilla now would be a flat earther? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'd be like an anti-vaxxer, flat earther. I mean, that was amazing reading, Dennis. You really captured the tone on that. that so good. Thank you. All right. Uh, so the kill count. The kill count. We have uh, eight humans, all Drusilla, which might be a single episode murder record. And one four-person four knockdown dragout that results in zero fatalities, which I just thought was crazy. Um, now let's get on to uh, weird notices and trivia. All right, out the gate, uh, we need to st- decide, or the show needs to decide whether this uh, there's a the game about whether Spike is or is not on the team. Uh, I couldn't believe how frustrated I was and maybe this is the wrong time to bring this up in this episode but like can we just be we can either be kind to Spike and have him be on the team or like weirdly tolerate him hanging out uh such a such a mess and right from the get-go in the scene of the bronze where he's like both empathetic and then a thief and like (laughs) he's just all the things in the bronze and yeah and it clearly living moment to moment with no particular agenda or plan. Ugh. And it's clear like it's clear like later on, like Buffy, he's the person Buffy goes to for like a, a team up, you know, now. But he's not part of the team. He's always like a more active part of the team than anyone else. Uh as Spike is dressed slightly differently this week than he usually is, which like symbolizes his attempt at change, and it's such weak sauce. Like he's wearing Almost the same jacket, but a different one. Like, and like more neutral colors. Yeah, I actually think that what happened here is that Spike is trying to dress like Riley. So if you look at that jacket, I think Riley has a similar jacket. He's wearing khakis. I think Spike is cosplaying as Riley in order to catch Buffy's eye. (laughs) Wow. Weird move, Spike. Weird move. (laughs) What kind of weird ass poster should should Spike have on his script wall (laughs) instead of balls? Would it be like different types of blood yeah. no, it's a, you know, <laughs> or like blood shots season one Buffy the Vampire Slayer poster <laughs> Ooh, that, that would have been amazingly meta uh, it would I'm go glad- well in a shrine yeah uh, alright sorry oh no I'm I'm glad there are consequences for the teleportation spell that was so broken and that Willow is like oh I'm having headaches and nosebleeds and stuff like I mean that sucks for her but also like 
they need something yeah <laughs> but why not a trip to visit the first layer instead i don't know because like that was that weird established thing that happened at the end you know in the last season whatever when they uh you know power up buffy and then teleportation i mean it's it comes from a different place it's not powering buffy but uh I'm sure there's a fun chart that could be made of, you know, what the consequences are for various spells. Like, cause you gotta have, if you're going to have a strong wizard, you gotta have some kind of consequence. Otherwise yeah. they're like spelling people all the time and become the king of the world. <laughs> uh, in like, whatever. These are the things to help avoid Superman situations from happening since this show. Yeah. Uh, is doing I totally anyway. agree. You gotta have balance. I like how no one's like, let's do a CAT scan of Willow's head because she's having headaches and nosebleeds. <laughs> <laughs> Medical care is only for parents. Right. Wow. I mean, Giles hasn't had his CAT scan yet, as far as we know, and he's, uh, he's been knocked out how many times? He can't remember how many times. <laughs> <laughs> I presume that, you know, he gets regular medical appointments. He just doesn't bring the Scooby gang to... <laughs> well, we also didn't see uh, Xander go to the ER and have a cast. I mean, I guess there's like lots of things we haven't seen, right? Because he broke. He had, oh, don't get me started. Giles is just <laughs> uh, feeling the consequences of all the spells he cast in his Ripper days. That's what the head knocks are for now. It's just like <laughs> all these uh, delayed consequences. Um, okay, but John, what is the comic book? What superhero comic? Speaking of heroes. Um, okay. Is the cop of Sunnydale train station. So reading. first screenshot in the dock. First, uh, that's not a cop, right? That's, that's a, a uh, that's yeah. a guy working the train station. Yes. I believe he's, yeah, he oh, works for the train station. station. He's a conductor. Yeah. His name is, agent. so if I can tell you based on the, uh, HD version of the show that his name is Sutton based on his name tag. Uh, oh, so Sutton I is it was Button. Sutton is reading a uh, comic book. I do not know exactly what it is. I'm hoping Dennis can tell me, but I can definitely see Captain America in the panel on the right middle there. Yeah, and it looks like Captain America and Carol Danvers and the other Captain Marvel. So I would guess that this is an Avengers book. Okay. So he's reading Avengers. It's a early connection between Avengers and Joss Whedon, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but the, the, you really buried the lead on this shot because mm -hmm. the amazing thing is this sign uh, for <laughs> Sunnydale, the Sunnydale station, which tells us the distance, the number of miles to L.A. and the number of miles to San Francisco. And I was really excited when I found this because I'm like, listen, wow. OK, I know exactly how many miles to L.A., how many miles to uh, San Francisco. I can I can like plot this on a map and I can find out the exact location of Sunnydale. Unfortunately, what it says is that uh, it says that San Francisco is 682 miles away. And that it's Los Angeles is four hundred is four hundred eighty two miles away. So if you draw that on if you draw those radii on a map and look at where the circles cross, there are two places where Sunnydale could be. One of them is in the middle of the ocean, and the other one is all the way uh, in uh, northeastern Arizona. So not in California, and certainly not on the beach. Um, in fact, uh, being six hundred eighty two miles away from San Francisco means you cannot possibly be in the state of California. So I don't really know what to make of this. Uh, I've been really trying to figure out like what's going on here in the Buffy verse that would allow this sign to exist. Uh, my best guess is that in the Buffy verse and the alternate history that is the Buffy verse, the mile is actually a completely different unit. Uh, it was corrupted wow. by a demon uh, back in the day, perhaps. So, yeah, mean, it, so miles have to be a much shorter distance. Yeah, like, definitely. Otherwise, it just this. There's no way that you can be in California, on the coast, and be that distance from uh, those two cities. Have you let, shorted let the me, kilometers? Let me put a let me put a monkey wrench in the system. What if SF meant Santa Fe instead of San Francisco? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I, I did consider that LA was Louisiana, but that would have put us in Texas. <laughs> uh, um, SF could be Santa Fe. I'll have to uh, run the numbers on that and get back to you. <laughs> I think it's, it's not meant to be Santa Fe. Also, I don't. They could have put, you know, Hawaii. I mean, no one could read this. <laughs> what, it's interesting they even made this and then put this like crazy wrong numbers on. Right. It. Well, it's also uh, interesting is that it says the elevation is one thousand one hundred eighty-two. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, if assuming that that's feet, um, is a crazy high elevation for a place that's on the beach. Yep. So, there, like, if, taking Santa Barbara as the Sunnydale analog, Santa Barbara is only like fifty feet above sea level. 
because it's on the I beach. I feel like I feel like they, uh, there was an actual town called Sunnydale that they stole this from. Like <laughs> it's 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 so insanely inaccurate. Somebody's like, you know what? I think we've got an old Sunnydale thing we bought at auction. Let's put it up. I mean, it's so inaccurate. It's like they were just trolling us. It's like Easter egg trolls because it's like it's so wrong on three different levels. Oh, that, and um, Michael, was, to to address your question, uh, what if it was kilometers? Unfortunately, the sign says miles, not even like abbreviated, but spelled out yeah. M-I-L-E-S. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe it's Santa Fe now. I think for SF. No. But what doesn't make sense is that the, the, the station agent comes on and says, end of the line, as if Sunnydale <laughs> was the end of the line between L.A. and San Francisco. Like, that was a possibility. Like, it's a connection. Like, it, <laughs> Sunnydale cannot actually be the end of the line to a train that travels between San Francisco and L.A. It could it, be just a... Uh a yes, local train. It could be a local train. That would be uh, the only explanation. There, I actually have some evidence to support that it's a local train. When you see the uh, the newspaper that uh, tells of the killing, if you freeze frame that, the uh, headline refers to it as a metro train. Uh, but it was clearly an Amtrak. It does look, it, has a, it definitely looks like an Amtrak. So this is the kind of is, stuff uh, our audience really the loves. Com- the comic book is just there to distract you from the misinformation <laughs> now behind you. He's he, the guy is also destroying his comic book by by folding it over. He's not even like taking care of the pages. Oh, that proves he's a real. He's fan a reader, not, not, a, a not a collector. Yeah, he's a reader, not a breeder. I'll say that. <laughs> that just rhymes. Doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I know it means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> Stupid English language. Trav, <laughs> uh, you got the next one? Oh, really? I'm so distracted. I can't even remember what I wrote. Um, oh, yeah. I was just saying, Mike. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Uh, yeah. Add, add a, we need a train station in Sunnydale. I, I, I totally forgot that that Sunnydale had. Um, anyways, who else forgot that Harmony was still in Sunnydale? Because I did. Spike yeah. did. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk for just a second about that role play they do. Cause like Harmony does sexual role play as Buffy. Somebody she bullied in high school. This isn't like role play as like a fictional character or a celebrity or something. This was somebody she knows. Yeah. This is legit weird. Well, how weird is it to ask your girlfriend to do sexual role play as someone, you know, I think that's extremely creepy. (laughs) This is a weird fucking relationship. It's not okay. Is this the kind of shit you get up to when you don't have a soul? (laughs) (laughs) Anyone else? (laughs) I mean, no, I mean, it's, it's an amazing scene. Um, I feel like we keep seeing shades of this scene, you know, like this is not the first time we've seen this joke play out, but it's the first time that like, it's like the fantasy is like being rehearsed over and over again. And like, this is the latest manifestation. I mean, this is, well, the show is framing it around a crush. I mean, this is straight up Ted Bundy style (laughs) bullshit. This is like, you know, how you gradually get the nerve to rape someone is by rehearsing it over and over again. So this is like (laughs) just rape training. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's an assault (laughs) and a rape, right? I mean, she's like, I'm going to get you. And then he like stops her. Uh, I mean, it's pretty clear what that is, but it's done playfully. So, you know, it's fun. Uh, yeah. All right. The hunchback scene. I think the camera where uh, they're talking about the hunchback in Notre Dame. I think the camera is purposely not showing the drink machine just to annoy John at this point. A hundred percent. Uh, although I will say that the, we do see uh, a vending machine that just says foods, <laughs> which I think is the uh, soulmate of the drinks machine. <laughs> uh, you know what? Why don't we do another zoom and enhance? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is me requesting. I thought the Sphinx, Terror Sphinx t-shirt had more stuff written on it than what actually is written on it. But it's still an amazing sweater. And I would totally wear that sweater. Yes, it just w- says Night Finks, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I thought the squigglies was going to be like, like either dates or like screaming or, uh, you know, something. 
Yeah, I think John has successfully trained us all to get obsessed with little details. <laughs> Later on, when Spike's when we see Spike's like cave, I swear to God, I thought there was like cave paintings there for a while, and I was like, John, <laughs> zoom in, hands. and then I realized it was just roots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, I don't like how Dawn ignores Spike's request for her to leave. Uh, she like gets into it, goes into his crypt spot. And then is like hanging out. And he's like, get out of here, whatever, little scamp. And she's just like, little I want to know what's going on down in the basement. I want to hang out. And like, you don't, I don't know why he allows her to justify, you know, why she's there. Like, she should just go. When, when a person tells you to leave, you should leave. Uh, this just like, I get it. Like, she's kind of an annoying little sister and she's treating Spike like a brother. But man, I do not, uh, I do not approve of this behavior. <laughs> Oh, definitely. Also, kids have no boundaries, right? Oh, totally. Such uh, a kid scene. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was a huge trigger for me. I also I'm, related to the, the younger sister. Yeah. I was like, uh, no. <laughs> like to the next. I also related to the next scene as like an older brother of like uh, when Buffy. Buffy is like just frustrated with like, don't hang out with vampires of like, like when your younger sibling starts to get into like trouble or hanging out with the bad crowd and you're like like it's very frustrating because you can see it and you're like but you're too dumb to know how to avoid things like i felt that feeling um <laughs> all right uh so when uh xander and buffy are investigating the train station i just wanted to call out buffy sitting in the victim outline is good visual humor uh, a plus stuff and what about Xander being upset that Don doesn't crush on him anymore? <laughs> That's just weird. <laughs> Xander, come on. Oh, I just wanted to call out that uh, Willow uh, has a really good outfit. I feel like the outfits in general have been sort of toned down lately, but this episode has quite a bit of fashion to talk about. So Willow is rocking this amazing uh, sort of uh, tan mustard colored sweater that's buttoned down and it's got three different dogs and a blue ribbon on it. Yeah, I saw that blue ribbon. <laughs> What's that blue ribbon about? No idea. Is that a? Is there? A, yeah. What? What? A blue? Is there a blue ribbon cause like pink ribbons or red ribbons? Oh, there has to be. All those ribbons mean something. Right? Well, doesn't blue blue ribbon just means you're a winner? This is like she won the dog show or something. Because there's dogs on her sweater. I'm not calling her a dog. So, okay, wow, this is an amazing website that lists the number, the, all the different causes by their ribbon color. And there are no fewer than like 50 different blue ribbon causes. Uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, it could be carpal tunnel syndrome awareness. It could be restless leg syndrome awareness. It could be paralysis awareness. It could be malaria awareness. It could be juvenile arthritis awareness. It could be free speech awareness. It could be gout awareness. <laughs> All right, let's say it's gout. <laughs> Is there anything there about gingerbread awareness? <laughs> uh, so we get another Spike and Joyce scenes, scene, and I think those have a history of always being like charming and fun. And this one feels a little sad because like you can see the pretense in it more. Mm. So it's just a bit of a bummer. Uh, and what are usually great scenes. Um, and uh, so Spike is pl listen, playing the Ramones in his head um, and asks the question that Buffy does not answer. Does Buffy like the Ramones? Uh, I think no, because we yeah. know Buffy's musical tastes. They, it, it really leans more towards like horrible jam bands that play for eight hours. Like that's her <laughs> that's her thing. Excellent. Yeah, this was totally a question I was asking John because he's the... <laughs> Musical taste of Buffy Summers expert. Uh, there's another uh, string cheese incident uh, placement in this episode as well in the Summers household. Wow. It's a, I'll leave it as an exercise for the listener to find that. <laughs> they do such a good job this episode nailing that feeling when a person who's obsessed with you um, and you're hanging out and like it's clearly a date and then you under you like recognize it's a date. You know, when, when Spike's barely got this half-ass plan to blame these murders on two vampires to just live somewhere. And he's like, yeah, yeah, steak out. Let's do this. It's like drink, you know, pass your drink, hanging out. Like, 
just this whole mess of a thing. It's like this is we are not studying this. What are you up to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to point out those vampires have the only appropriate response to seeing Buffy Summers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Boom. I love the characterization of those two vampires that they're like going through stolen CDs and making Jiffy pop. That's great. That is great. Non-threatening low level criminal behavior. Yeah. And then, man, I guess I'll just jump into it a little bit, but uh, Spike destroying his love life with his dating. Oh my gosh. This, the scene and series of scenes like in yeah. act three of this is such a mess. And I, I know we're going to jump into it, but just, wow. I also love, like, uh, uh, Drusilla's reveal is, like, a big reveal, but her name is in the credits, so, like, it's, I don't know. It's just a problem of TV. They, they let you know who's going to be on the show before. All right. They're, con- they're contractually obligated to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess let's talk about the scene. Right, so the... <laughs> The scene, okay, so Drusilla shows up. I love I love that appearance because Harmony is in disbelief and it's like, oh, it's uh you got someone or something like Drusilla, like another one of your girlfriends. Okay. Uh <laughs> sure, whatever, but no threesomes because only with dudes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's such a funny bizarre scene. Like the amount it of, truly is, yeah. The amount of conversations she has had to have had with Spike about sex to get to this like <laughs> sex positive conversation about like no this is where we're at with threesomes Uh, it's it's incredible i love that and then for spike to immediately turn on harmony and be like nope i'm i'm with drew that's my thing also like like, harmony calling drusilla morticia is like excellent yeah that is really good oh the yeah the insults from harmony are so good (laughs) she should totally be on one of those like roasting shows I like that uh, James Marsters change like his spike has become toned down over the years. And like when he gets back together with Drew, he starts to act like season two spike again. His like swagger is back and his weird like he starts to do weird his weird voice stuff again. And like, I don't know, it's good acting, but it's also really funny. Like, like they're back. Yeah, he kind of like starts posing a little bit more towards the camera and he's got the swagger. He walks differently. It's, it is really great physical like transformation. Yeah. Right. I guess it really shows you how much he's fallen to be with Harmony. Like what, what <laughs> like messy mess he's fallen into a messy mess. Uh, I guess we they go to the bronze and there's some murders before we get back to the like the real crazy scene. <laughs> yeah. And the, the bronze is remade this episode and everything. Mm hmm. So new new logo. Uh I love the music in the bronze this episode. That like 90s uh early aughts alt rock is kind of perfect. So I looked at that band Devix and the song Key. Oh, I love that. I, I just I don't hear enough of those alt rock jams. Um they're fantastic. Oh, Johnny called it out too. Yeah, there's there's two two bands. Two bands. Oh, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while, I feel like, since we've gotten a good proper, like, bronze band. Like, there's a, there's a yeah. couple things in this episode that feel... That's why it feels like season two. It We're feels a little season, season two. two, yeah. That, that, like, we get bands in the bronze. We've got, like, you know, good fashion moments, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the, the, there's Devix, which, Michael, you mentioned, who uh, play the song, which I think is really appropriately titled Key. Uh, and uh, they, they um, are from Los Angeles, but they have not... They've been on hiatus since 2006, so no longer still around. Um, and then the other group is called uh, Summer Camp, which is really interesting because there's uh, two bands that are around called Summer Camp, apparently. One is, some, this is Summer Camp with no space, and the other band is Summer Space Camp. Not Space Space Camp. camp. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Summer Camp is actually from Santa Barbara, so they should have no problem finding their way around Sunnydale. Uh, and their like <laughs> major thing other than being on Buffy is that they open for Toad the Wet Sprocket and uh, they are apparently still together although their last show was uh, in 2015 so it's been a little while they could still get the band back together <laughs> uh, okay and they're wearing like silver suit oh, there's at least one silver suit that appears the waitress is wearing at the bronze yeah it's uh, like a Judy Jetson situation that's such like a crazy like upgrade from like what I thought the bronze was. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the bronze is really redefining itself as more of a club 
kind of vibe, but like Space Club. I don't know what that is. Also, shouldn't they be bronze? Shouldn't they be wearing bronze suits? Like, just lean in a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are they going to re- rename themselves the Silver? Come on. I, I mean, it just it grabs your eye. Like, I feel like these are, you know, all these leftover suits from Austin Powers or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I like Spike and Drew together. I feel like they're a more interesting couple than like Buffy has been with anyone. Uh, just because they have like just such crazy energy. Um, and they bring like they bring a weirdness to the world. Uh, but I also in the Anne Rice world, um, Spike would be having a really hard time with that girl he drank because she was already dead. Um, that fucks you up. Uh, sorry, I have a bunch in a row here. Yeah, no, um, that that like the body handoff at the bronze, yeah. Because like, there's clearly that that sound of the neck being snapped, and that's how Spike can drink. You know, the body's already dead. Uh, it's the Spike's Buffy shrine. Uh, do you think Harmony ever saw that? It's like just in his <laughs> house. It's covered up with a sheet. <laughs> Later on, it's a little distracting that sometimes in, in the shot, there's like four people because the Buffy mannequin is there. <laughs> the Buffy shrine is weird. Uh, yeah. If you, I, I put a picture of it down at the bottom just now. Um, there's pictures that were clearly taken when Buffy was aware they were being taken. So I don't know. I guess maybe Spike stole those from someone else. Oh, man. Did he steal charcoal drawings that Angel drew? Uh, that's possible. <laughs> that was like the next thing was like, so he's a, he he's also a an artist just like Angel draws insane pictures of Darla. Spike draws insane pictures of Buffy sleeping. And then there's also uh, not in that shot, but there you can also see there's no fewer than four stakes that he has yeah. of hers. Wow. She does just drop them sometimes. One of the questions I had in this episode is like, is this how cattle prods work? Because if cattle prods are this effective against the Slayer, I feel like they need to have been employed previously because it was just like, and then you're, you're just putty in their hands. I mean, they get plus, you know, they get a bonus for surprise. You know, I feel like that's the big, you know, advantage. Sure. But yes, clearly people should be armed with cattle prods. I mean, they're like... <laughs> Uh, didn't we see Caliprods used in an, an episode of Angel where he was a an yes, MMA fighter? That's right. Oh yeah. I mean, it's kind, they're kind of a variant on the whatever you call the taser, right? So, like, I mean, they're just like an amped up taser. So, couldn't we, guys? Business idea: self defense Caliprods. <laughs> <laughs> they're like an asp where they look like a taser, and then you like kind of whip it out, and then it's a longer taser. Slash cattle prod. <laughs> Sell them to hikers. Okay. Uh, wow. So Act Three is an amazing mess, right, everybody? Uh, yeah. Spike. Uh, so the cattle prod Buffy tie her up, and then Spike basically begs her to tell him that she loves him. And you know, there's no way that anything she says has any meaning now because she's tied up. Yeah, under duress. She's he's trying to get a, like a legitimate confession of love under duress. Uh, this scene is so amazing. I rewatched this scene uh, because it's so, it's like, it's one of those scenes you can only have if everyone's taught, like you need an excuse for everybody to be in the same room, yeah. first of all. And Buffy's not going to stand for this shit. So she's tied up. All right. Uh, we need Drusilla there. Okay. Uh, and she's kind of, and we need a harmony to show up. And it's just like everyone dropping everything they hate about Spike, everything that's frustrating <laughs> about him into one space. Because you like, you actually can't date three women simultaneously. One woman that looks like the other woman and an old <laughs> girlfriend showing up an ex. Like I know there's an episode called triangle, which is kind of like implies like kind of a love triangle kind of vibe, you know, with the troll character, like Anya's ex Anya's should get off light. The only spike can create this amazing mess of a situation. And then like also be irritated with other people about, about it. And like, he's so, He's he's like like almost schizophrenic when the way that he like handles each partnership or each relationship and he just wants to work with Buffy so badly. <laughs> he's like just literally say any uh, there's any chance. Oh, and I will I'm going to 
and I and I'm gonna let you go, and you know we, we can make this work or whatever. Like, don't tell this guy anything. It's such a mess. And then they all fight afterwards. It just transitions to a fight scene. Oh my gosh, this uh, this is great. If someone told me this is the show, this is this, <laughs> I want to watch this show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is like I don't know. There's a thing of like when you can when you've got these characters that you've worked with so long that you can just like throw them together and like see how they bounce off each other, like. That scene where like Buffy, where where Drew is like, I knew you were in love with him. With I knew you were in love with her before you did, and then like she continues to talk as the audience moves on to the next like shot, and she's just like rambling in the background in her crazy way. Like that's really solid. Uh, also, it's been so long since the show brought out the chains. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another season two marker. It really is. Hello to the chains. <laughs> I'd like, I don't know, Harmony as the ex, as, uh, as the extra crazy factor in an already nuts scene. Um, she's really great. She can really stand her own with this craziness. Uh, I don't think just Harmony and Drusilla have such crazy energy levels that like Buffy can't do because she's like the series lead. Like it'd be funny if she went nuts also, you know? I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I think in, in a lot of ways, Harmony is the only one who makes any sense in this scene. I mean, I guess Buffy does, but like uh, Harmony just coming in and being like, remember me? I'm actually your girlfriend. <laughs> like, that felt very like, uh, like cold watery. It felt like back to reality a little bit. I yeah, appreciated that. But just like she comes in with, <laughs> comes in shooting and like, <laughs> it's the whole thing of like walking backwards. Like, I mean, there's just, yeah, th- this is this nightmare scene for any man also would be like you, being in the same room with your ex, the girl you're dating and the girl you're crushing on currently. <laughs> it's like people who you like know everything about you in some way. <laughs> I want every character to be exposed to this scene. I'm sure they are actually in this show. Uh, all right, uh, let's do questions for the group. Questions for the group. Uh, you know, this episode started with Spike not being able to handle change at the bronze, commenting about all these all these new changes to the menu. Don't you hate it when your favorite places change? I do. Uh, what what what's a recent change that really bothered you? To one of your favorite places. <laughs> Back in uh, Vermont, I used to go to this uh, really bad Mexican restaurant because, like, there's no good Mexican in in Vermont. And um, they did a Hell's Kitchen episode about it. And so I went before and after the Hell's Kitchen remodel. And the food did not improve at all. But the decor (laughs) was like, like, basically like the bronze rework where I was like, now I don't even get that. This is like, there's no like, it doesn't have a theme of a Mexican restaurant anymore. It's just this weird, like. Like, like how the bronze looks like, oh, <laughs> interesting colors on every wall and like hats glued on places. But like the menu's basically the same, but simpler. Uh, and they took the $2 margaritas off the menu. I was like, what the fuck? Remodel right off the menu. Coming. Yeah. Yeah. That's like this tiki bar near me that I like and has like good, you know, Mac salad, teriyaki chicken and stuff. And then it went under new management and like the the food like the, the the flavors of the teriyaki sauce changed and like the menu looked different like it got a man, brand new like it had like a vintage feel before because it had been the same management for so long and now it's got like a new it looks like a mall restaurant menu yo <laughs> this i gotta call portland problems my tiki bar doesn't feel vintage enough anymore <laughs> Also, they got rid of the late night uh, buffet, which was probably a problem anyway. I didn't need a midnight uh, teriyaki chicken buffet. <laughs> uh, it was probably remodeled for health reasons. Why does Spike stay around Sunnydale? I mean, it's a safe place. He's got a chip in his head. There's no angel here. Is there something I'm missing for why Spike stays around Sunnydale? He's got a creepy obsession with Buffy. I mean, I feel like that's the majority of it now. I guess yeah. we all, yeah, we, everyone stayed in town for a crush, so we get it. Yeah, Plus, if you've, uh, if you've been around, like, over 100 years, like, staying somewhere for six months doesn't feel like that big a deal. Okay. I buy it. Do I feel prefer- like he hasn't really figured out his, like, 
how to survive without drinking blood situation. And he right. still may be a little reliant on the, the Scoobies giving him like money for blood every now and then. He's also been through a tough breakup. I forgot that part. So yeah, the Drew DeSilla breakup puts him in a bad place. Yeah, I like that they bring up the Chaos Demon again this episode. <laughs> Shout out to Chaos Demon. Oh, and I was saying there's definitely boundary issues between Don and Spike. And like that's like also uh, amalgamated with like this desire to be treated as an adult when you're just a teenager, which we all felt, I'm sure. But yeah, totally. It is weird because she's like, I'm not human or and then she's like, well, I, I wasn't human, but now I am, am human. Uh, it, it's kind of interesting, <clears throat> like her justification for hanging out with the vampire. But she does pick a super lame vampire to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I said, what say you're a villain? What is your bizarre calling card? Instead of like, so Drusilla had the dolls. What would be your calling card or something that you would leave at the scene or someone would pick up and be like, oh, crap. Uh, I would do a mini comic. <laughs> like the murder that you're going to commit. Yeah, just my guess about how it's going to go. Yeah, oh, I like that. <laughs> That's really cool. I call him the funny pages killer. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I know what John would do. John would leave like a, a VCR with like um, a VCR tape where he where he talks about with, with like him narrating like the victim that he was stalking and like what he was going to do. He strangles oh. him with found footage. Yeah, there's all this found footage of John like doing weird stuff. <laughs> I'll take uh, it. Mike, Mike, what would Mike I do, would, Travis? You've got Mike, the takes on this. Apparently, apparently I have all the takes. Mike would upload a, uh, a rap to SoundCloud. He, he'd That's be called the rap. SoundCloud murderer. The SoundCloud murderer. I'm going to yeah. kill you dead. I'm going to stab your head. Well, no, so he'd upload. Here, here's his deal. He would upload a rap where he talks about the person he killed and how he did it before the police discovered the body. Ah. With details of the details of the crime that would not be released to the public, thus proving that he really is the murderer. I feel like rappers do that all the time. They're constantly telling you how they committed crimes. So <laughs> yeah. But I think it's more those are more drug deals than murders, but I guess you could do like you could do SoundCloud, whatever, like terrorism or whatever. Like whatever your crime you're whatever type of criminal you're gonna be. Trav, what's your calling car? <laughs> yeah, dude. You leaving a scalpel behind? What's your thing? Yeah, I was trying to figure out what my thing would be. I'd like to leave something that was once alive, but in a state of decay. So I was thinking oh. maybe like a flower or like, a, a, you know, dead flowers are like, that's very typical and like very traditional. So I'm, I thought about doing something like that. It also would be like really inconvenient, like to get a flower that would be totally out of season. So that would be like my, my thing would be like, I can't kill this person because I can't get the orchid I need to leave at the scene of the crime. I guess they're going to live for another eight months until this thing's, this thing's ready to, to, to bloom. So that, that'd be like my thing would be like, this is crazy. You know, you know, this, this flower is found 4,000 miles from the scene of the crime. You know, that'd be like something's up. Those sound like only Sherlock Holmes can solve that kind of crime crimes, which are great. Uh, I think you've left two clues for what you actually your calling card might be based on an earlier conversation. I think uh, their hands would be straight. Oh, yes. Mm. I would, I would sever the tendons and, and yes, yes. Yeah. There you straight go. I was thinking hands. like a model airplane shoved in their mouth or something. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I was going to say uh, a vinyl record, like a solid color vinyl, like a halo sitting behind their head. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Or, Sorry, I've got too many ideas about how you would leave <laughs> murder uh, evidence or whatever. Uh, uh, traditional um, Amish furniture, they'd be seated in a traditional <laughs> wooden chair. <laughs> that is, that's custom made for the victim. A custom made Amish casket. There you go. Uh, so, you know, when someone from your past shows up and you suddenly can't stop acting like the younger version of yourself. I have that experience once a week. Uh. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, welcome, to, welcome to the 90s time travel show. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, actually, I feel like when we first were doing this show, that was a little bit like that. But uh, the more we do it, the more I think it catches up to the present day. Yeah. That's just what Spike was going through the sub. Definitely. Hanging around Trusilla too much. But it is true, right? Because you get used to acting, reacting a certain way around certain people. And then if you do see them again, it, it's like that version of you that they see is trapped in the past. And like, yeah. it is crazy even like just messaging people from college who are like asking me, asking about things that I was working on in college or like interest in college. And it's like, I feel like I've moved on so much even from, what's that, 10 years, you know, 15 years ago. And it's like, I've so moved on from those uh, ideas, but that's the last time you chatted. They're like, oh, how's this whatever writing project? I'm like, oh, that? Oh, I just uh, moved on with my life on that. <laughs> so uh, I didn't want to, I, I, I don't want to ask this from Buffy's side of it, but I will ask it from, or I don't want to ask it from the Spike side of it, but I'll ask it from the Buffy side of it. Have you ever had somebody crush on you in a way that made you uncomfortable? I have not. Someone having a crush on me made me yeah. uncomfortable? Yes, definitely. I've totally been that I've totally been Buffy in the car where someone then's like, Hey, I really like you. I think I've talked about it on this podcast even, but maybe not every version of it. But yes, it's happened multiple times to me where I'm suddenly on a date and I don't want to be. Uh, you know, with hanging out with coworkers. Uh it just it just happens and I don't like it. And uh, it's always someone invites you to see a movie at their place. That's a good one. Um, or you get invited to do something kind of like that's both outside of both people's like clearly a date. Like it's not something you've done before. You're like, oh, they're going to go on a hike. I'm like, oh, I've never gone hiking with this person. That's kind of fun. Or like go, you know, to get a coffee someplace. Just something kind of like banal sounding that doesn't have a clear purpose that sounds like friendship. And then boom, it's something it isn't friendship. And you should have known. <laughs> yeah, it's super uncomfortable. <laughs> I hate it because it's those are the end of your friendship, which sucks about crushes, right? It's like, oh, I guess this <laughs> this needs to be cut off. So I'm totally relating to uh, Joyce and uh, Willow advice giving on that. I'm like, oh, I wish I had you in my life telling me that's how that worked. <laughs> you just wish you had a um, a uh, uninvite spell to your to your house or apartment that would keep out your crush. Yes, that would a be amazing. Dis, a dis, a, a, was it disinvited, disinvitation or whatever? Yeah, I feel like this has maybe happened to me like once or twice, but um, I'm more for the side of like, like, because I'm a single guy and I like have a lot of female friends. Like when I'm hanging out doing casual friend stuff, like trying my best to make sure like it doesn't read as romantic because oh, yeah. that can be the default when you're like the single guy hanging out. Like I feel like it's it's a like... um it's a careful slope to be like, we're going to be really good friends, but not, I'm not going to do like this next level of like behavior, you know, uh, it's a balancing act. I have to play sometimes. Not that like, I'm like worried about my friends being like trying to date me. I'm more worried about it just being perceived that way. Right. Yeah. That's safe. I mean, yeah. I mean, call it out, right? No, yeah. no flasks of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the no list. <laughs> no drinking and driving either <laughs> instead of opening doors i keep doors closed <laughs> what were the chances that like those were literally just some of spike's friends and that he, he was kind of a violator <laughs> and then brings a killer oh <laughs> yeah i think i think i've had once or twice the crush but not, nothing to the state of buffy experienced so no, I mean, yeah, and if I if yeah. I crush on someone in the you know it's distant past at this point, but if I'm crushing on someone, I, I'm so obnoxious. I I mean, I'm not. You make I, it clear. Uh, I mean, I can't. I'm my one of my diseases is authenticity, and so I like can't hide those kinds of things at all. So it's like both a good thing and a bad thing. It's it's both good and bad for my professional life. It's just like I can't be dishonest. Um. <laughs> Or hold things inside at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, the burdens of the extrovert. <laughs> Truly, they are burdens. <laughs> all right, let's do some uh, themes and deep stuff. Deep stuff. 
So uh, one of the uh, tensions I think we've had lately between our, uh, us and some certain members of our listening audience is that uh, I think increasingly the four of us are really not Team Spike. And I felt a little bit vindicated this episode where Spike's <laughs> behavior is so awful and so creepy, like with, uh, with the homophobic slurs, and that's sort of bracketed oh, off to the side. But also like just with his general horrible behavior of his entitlement to like his entitlement to, to Buffy reciprocating his feelings. And then also like when, when she doesn't reciprocate his feelings, it's like he immediately goes to, you know, violence. Yeah. <laughs> but not only violence, but like emotional blackmail threats. And then also like straight up misogyny. Like he's like immediately, it's not just like I'm angry with Buffy for not liking me. It's like immediately like, fuck women is where he goes. He's like you and Drusilla and all you ladies are the worst. It's spike is so reprehensible in this. Uh, you just did this thing about how terrible he is. And I'm just going to be like, I actually like spike in this episode <laughs> because he's a monster. And it's like, this is what I right. like about spike. I like season two spike. I like spike with drew and just like a couple of psychos psychoing out. And, uh, that to me is fun. And so, like, this episode is, like, everything I like about Spike is finally back. But it's also clear, like, why he shouldn't be dating Buffy. Why this guy is actually a monster. And, like, why he should be recast again as the villain, not, like, as the romantic lead. Like, bring back villain Spike. Yes, I think we're in, I think we're in yeah. vigorous agreement. I, I, I do enjoy watching Spike be awful. Uh, yeah, I just think he, he, he's... They're... Drew and Spike are so fun together. It makes me really sad Drew's not on the show more. Uh, and I wouldn't want a character this crazy to like totally be gone. I just want them not to be like the charming angel character, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and Spike, Spike's a villain. He's not an anti-hero. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, that, that much is clear. And I, I was saying my, if I was the, uh, the, the DA for Sunnydale, my, my charges... <laughs> Spike's crimes this one episode, uh, accessory, one count accessory to murder, three counts of assault and battery for against Harmony, Buffy and Drusilla, two counts of kidnapping Buffy and Drusilla, tying them up to me in a crypt underneath your house. <laughs> I believe most juries would agree that that would be kidnapping, um, petty theft <laughs> of the money at the bronze driving under the influence. And I'm just going to say trespassing as well, because he's living in the crypt without permission, obviously. What about uh, child endangerment? Yeah, I wasn't sure if that if he actually endangered her or not. But that's a good question. I love your calling out the crypt beneath the crypt, because that is terrifying. <laughs> there's a I also crypt. love that set, by the way. That's like a yeah. really excellent set. The uh, All the vines from, from mm -hmm. or all the roots from trees underneath it and everything. It's yeah. a cool looking like. And I'm sure tree roots do not work like how they're depicted. Yeah, those <laughs> trees are fucked. Yeah, those are all <laughs> dead trees. All dead trees. Um, but, yeah, Spike is not a hero. He's not an anti-hero. He's a villain. But you're kind of like, he's kind of an amazing actor. Though, so you kind of yeah. in love with yeah. it. Like you want to see more of this character. And that, I mean, that's the problem here. It's like James Marsters as Spike is great and it's fun. But as a character, like he's an emotional mess. He's dangerous for everyone on the show. Like they, they, you know, how could you be on Team Spike? Except you're like, oh, I like that actor. That that'd be cool. Yeah, and I had no neutral tone khaki Spike. Yeah, that it really is a bad look for him. Um, here's an additional sort of uh, theme for this episode. one of the things that comes up is the question of like, what is a soul versus a chip? Right. Mm -hmm. Where if the idea is sort of, I guess, that like you can change somebody's behavior, but it doesn't necessarily change who they are like on the inside. Right. And I think that, you know, that's sort of there's that's one school of thought, but there's also the sort of like the uh, fake it till you make it school of thought where if, if you do change someone's behavior, like if you make somebody write enough thank you notes, they eventually cultivate great uh, gratefulness through through, uh, through doing that. And I wonder if you pretend to smile, you eventually feel happiness. Yeah, exactly. And I think with Spike, he's been forced into better behavior by the chip. And he pretends at one point where he says, I've changed Buffy. I can be good, which is obviously not true. Uh, but I, I wonder as we watch Spike, I think it's something that the show is going to continue. It's a theme that the show is going to continue to talk about. I hope that's not a spoiler. 
um, that with Spike, like this question of like authenticity versus behavior and like, you know, what, who is Spike on the inside versus what is his behavior forced to be? I, I, I'm reminding myself to like watch that evolve. That's cool. Yeah, I also think it's interesting that the chip is literally in his head, so it's an internal external process. Yeah, totally. It's like, what is the difference really between the chip and Jiminy Cricket, who is also an outside force, outside yeah. exercise well, it, on Pinocchio, right? It's really similar also to A Clockwork Orange, right? Where it's like somebody who's still a bad person has this like thing that's applied to their psyche to prevent them hopefully from doing bad things, but does it really work? And let's be fair, the chip only prevents him doing one type of bad thing, which is murder against a human being or hurting a human. Right. But he has all this other reprehensible behavior during this entire episode. So it's not that he's a good person. He, there's only there's just that there's one type of bad thing he can't do. Yeah, that's why the chip should obey the Asimov three laws of robotics. <laughs> that would make him a good person. <laughs> But I, I was also going to say, like, uh, if we just like reflect on like what the show can get a, get away with depicting and have a normal rating, like think about all the violence towards women in this episode alone. But the the rating, you know, this doesn't violate any rating conventions. This can be shown on regular TV. I mean, it's it's bananas what can be done two women on just a a nightly 8 p.m news show um even 20 years ago when when quote 20 years ago when, when it felt like ratings were taking much more seriously you know tv was a lot more tame than it is now um but back then this was like no one bats an eye it's, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a good commentary on like, on, on how violence is just very accepted, but in specific violence. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Chad. Uh, yeah, I can forget how much violence the show really has. Cause it's all kind of framed as fantasy violence. Uh, so I could forget like, like what the real world equivalents are. Uh, all right. Uh, is that themes? I think that's themes. All right. Let's do Rex. Recommendations. Uh, so this week I'm going to recommend female trouble because Spike's got female trouble. Uh, it's the <laughs> John Waters movie. His, I think it's his follow up to Pink Flamingo. Uh, it's divine and it's bonkers. Divine the actress, actor. Uh, and the movie is bonkers and uh, just su such a weird flick. And it's like the whole movie is basically the last act of of this episode, which is why I'm recommending it, where it's just like shit, insane as shit after shit. And like um, Divine gets acid thrown. Divine's character gets acid thrown in her face um, and then like has crazy acid scars on her face for the rest of the movie, which kind of reminded me of Drew's just casual burn victim look she was <laughs> she was doing this week. Uh, I'd like uh, the movie is like incredibly on PC for this day and age, uh, but it's like a John Waters classic and you really should see it if you haven't. Um, and the other one I'm going to recommend is Wild Boys, which is a 2018 French film. Um, that's kind of a, this weird, like surreal guy maddeny thing. But um, so it begins with these, this teenage gang doing a terrible like thing to their teacher. Like um, they're very much like uh, John brought up clockwork orange they're very much like these teen clockwork orange boys but their punishment and they're all played by by uh women and then their punishment is to be taken and tied up by the sea captain who takes them to this crazy island that and feeds them uh very sexual looking fruit that mutates them all into women so it's it's totally weird surreal movie but the like the whole like attitude of these kids of like spikes really rocking like this teenage i'm the worst there's ever been attitude that they have at the beginning um, and this movie is like genuinely good and weird. Uh, uh, so you guys should check it out. All right. Uh, then let's do predictions. Virgin predictions. Okay. Uh, Michael, you are currently at a 63. I'm sorry. Excuse me. You are currently at a 64 even accuracy overall. 
And for season five, you are at a 70.37%. Now let's dive into the old predictions, of which there are not too many here that we can actually confirm. I've got some to talk about, though. Uh, so in season three, episode eight, Mike, you predicted that uh, Spike will not get back together with Drusilla. Of course, we can't confirm or deny that because it could still happen. Unless you, people think that he did briefly get back together with her in this episode. We could we could oh. maybe deny this one. What do you guys yeah, think? They, they totally get back together for a minute. Travis, what do you think? Do you think they're back together? <laughs> or do you think uh, not yet? I mean, they're back together for like 30 minutes, it feels like. Well, it doesn't specify a duration. It doesn't. I you guess they're not, they're not a good match anymore. You, you all know that. <laughs> yeah. They're at different wavelengths. It's not going to happen. I guess technically you can't argue that they did get back together. Okay. I think it sounds like we're denying this one. Uh, so there's no other open uh, Drusilla predictions? Uh, there is another one that uh, is that uh, Spike will kill Drusilla. That obviously uh, does not happen, but could in the future. He comes close. Yeah, he does come close. I'm so excited. Uh, Michael, you predicted uh, in season five of episode four that Buffy will not be hung over again. Now, we can't confirm or deny this one, but it looks good for this one since Buffy does say no to alcohol. Yeah. She's... Oh, fair point. She doesn't remember <laughs> what it's like to be hung over. Okay. Uh, season four, episode nine. Michael, you predicted that Harmony is going to be jealous of a Buffy Spike hookup. Now, there is no Buffy Spike hookup for Harmony to be jealous of, but there is some Harmony jealousy here. So again, this is one that's like, it was on the brink, but it didn't, didn't quite happen. So this one is still open. Uh, and then this one, I think we can confirm for you. In season four, episode 21, Michael, you predicted that Spike is going to continue to show up at Scooby Gang meetings. Uh, <laughs> Spike coming to the bronze and everyone's hanging out. I think that counts as a, a meeting. It might be a shindig. It might be a hootenanny, but I think it constitutes a meeting. So I'm going to go ahead and confirm that one if that's okay with everyone. Okay, so with one confirmation, one denial, Michael, your overall accuracy has dropped to a 63.89, and your accuracy for this season has dropped to a 67.86. Great. Well, I have more predictions to make. Just throw them on the... Pile of predictions, as we call it. <laughs> so for regular size predictions, and then one super prediction. So I believe, uh, as a prediction, the bronze will get wrecked again. I think we're talking <laughs> about the bronze getting wrecked. Uh, this, this vetoed as too safe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like, really think, vetoed. Think, think how many times you could have predicted and re-predicted this <laughs> <laughs> since, the, since the show began. No, it's definitely... Uh, infinite points uh, can be made from the bronze getting destroyed. Uh, but yeah, the bronze can get wrecked again. It's the WWF arena of this show. It's got to get destroyed. I just, just to not, because I'm going to be an asshole when this comes up. By wrecked, do you mean absolutely wrecked like it was by the trolls? Or do you mean just like smashed up like a regular, <laughs> a regular I mean, people, old people fight? People were murdered there without the place physically being destroyed. So that's a good point. Um, just say damaged. Yeah, like every time they have to buy new pool cues, which is like every time Buffy shows up. <laughs> uh, yeah. This place can't get insurance. At least regular insurance. Well, they the certainly bronze, can't get troll insurance. All right. The bronze is going to be uh, damaged. And I'll make, maybe uh, I need to be specific. What can get destroyed? Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> Mike, walk away from this prediction. All right, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. <coughs> I don't want to spend my time discussing whether or not this is or is not true. All right. Uh, Don is going to tell Spike how she feels about him. So I'm going to have a Don, Don crush moment. Uh, Spike is going to save Buffy's life. Do I have a prediction about this? Spike, is, Spike will save Buffy's life? I don't think you yeah. do. All right. I don't believe you Spike do. will save Buffy's life. Spike will stop Glory. Spike, I think you have that one, that one are you just like throwing good money are you just are you just leveraging your uh, uh, like the bet like and then next week you'll say Buffy will stop glory so it'll be either Don Spike or Buffy that will stop glory I it, it's just this episode felt like we got to get this is Spike's rock bottom so and this redemption arc of him and Buffy getting together at some point just because the show wants that to happen 
so I, you know, Spike has to step in and do something. And I know, we know that Joyce is going to die soon. And so it has to be kind of post Joyce and whether that's like Buffy's nihilism or it's spikes, um, the way that spike intervenes to protect, uh, you know, Buffy or defeats glory. I mean, spike has to do something noble, heroic, et cetera. Not sure what it's going to be. Uh, and then my final prediction, uh, Buffy is going to resurrect Joyce. She's going to try to resurrect Joyce. Um, I mean, it sounds like Joyce is going to die of non-supernatural means, but, um, and then I believe Buffy will either, you know, she'll attempt to resurrect Joyce at that point. Um, of course, it won't be possible. You know, no one will let her try and do it, but that doesn't prevent her from doing it. And I think Buffy, this is, I believe this is where Buffy's going to die somehow. Uh, and that's where she's going to get to spend time with her mom briefly in a, either a death or a dream sequence. Uh, this would be a good time for Spike to intervene. Uh, that way we can get some comedy out of what will be obviously a terrible, tragic situation. They'll be treated too dramatically if Angel's on the show, but if there's a Spike, we can get our way out of this and into a new relationship. So, I mean, that, my prediction is just Buffy's going to try to resurrect Joyce. But you wow. got a little bit of access to my stream of consciousness. A, yeah. I feel like you could drop a couple more predictions based on that stream of consciousness. Okay, let's do it. Well, I mean, I feel like anything I said now would be spoilery, but you're saying some interesting stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with these five. <laughs> and do you have a super, do you have a super prediction or is one of those a super prediction? Uh, Buffy resurrecting Joyce is my super prediction. Ah, very good. So that is fourth five points instead of one. All right. Uh, I've been your host Dennis St. John. Uh, you can find me. I'm at Dennis Comics. That's D E N I S C O M I X on Twitter and and uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm on the other podcast, uh, The Nevers, HBO The Nevers, about Joss Whedon's new show. And you can, as always, find my books, The Land of Many Monsters and Many More Monster Tales, and Amelia, A Monsters and Girls book, wherever the internet is found. Um, and you can follow my Patreon for new comics, uh, which is Dennis St. John, D-E-N-I-S-S-T-J-O-H-N. Uh, thank you, one and all, for listening and talking to us at Buffy Virgin. You can visit our website, BuffyVirgin.com, for links to our blog, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We uh, reach out. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to rate and review us on the podcast listener of your choice. And we'll see you in hell. (laughs) 